This is TF Wire Transformers Week in Review, episode 38, recorded May 7th, 2006. Welcome to TF Wire. It's the finger holes, Ultra Magnus. Damn the shed! It pays to get Transformers because you get girls. This is Matrix Prime, Awa 64. This is Matt Spader. This is Pirate TV Pro signing out. Hello and welcome to TFWire. My name is Awa 64. Unfortunately, Matrix Prime is indisposed of this week and we can't quite seem to manage to get a hold of Pirate TV Pro. But fortunately, this week we do have joining us Spada. Hi, guys. Hi. So, yeah, uh, sounds like Matrix is on vacation, and um, PTV is... Uh... MIA. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, why don't we just get started with the news? All right. First story, Tom DeSanto talks Transformers. In an interview conducted with IESB.com, Tom DeSanto revealed that he was convinced... I need to slap Matrix for this. It says convived yeah. by Don Murphy. <laughs> and now supports Peter Cullen and Frank Welker for the voices of Prime and Megatron. He says that there will be a rapid-fire announcement of who will be involved with the movie, much like we are seeing now. Tom also says that we may see a teaser trailer hit theaters this July. The full video interview can be seen at IESB.com. More Icon 1 guests announced. The Icon 1 website has updated their guest list with two new guests, Scott McNeil and David... Sobolov? Sobolov. <laughs> David is responsible for bringing the Depth Charge character to life in Beast Wars, and he's done voiceover work in other cartoons such as Spider-Man Unlimited and Robocop. Scott McNeil is responsible for breathing life into Rat Trap, Dinobot, Silverbolt, Waspinator, and Cybertron Snarl, and has also done work on X-Men Evolution and He-Man Masters of the Universe. Really? That's all he's done? I could have swore it was like every other anime cartoon and American-produced cartoon ever made. If you check out uh, IMDb, his list is really long. Yep. Third story. Newsarama has posted an interview with Simon Furman where he discusses the upcoming IDW comic... What was it? Stormbreaker? Yep, Stormbreaker. That's so. Stormbringer. I'm sorry, Stormbringer. Stormbringer. Ah. In the interview, Furman says that he has been wanting to write a series that took place on Cybertron again, but wanted to wait a year or so to do so. However, after reading the fan boards and sites, it became clear that this series needed to be done sooner rather than later. Furman emphasizes to an almost comic degree that there will be no humans in this series, only Transformers. Stormbringer is set to hit comic shops in July. All Cybertron episodes are now available online. If you've missed the episodes on TV or are tired of the series being yanked and put back on at the crack of dawn, Cartoon Network has all 15 episodes on this of Cybertron on their website. Only the first 45 episodes, eh, sorry guys, only the first 45 episodes appear online, but you can access all 52 of them by using a trick that was pointed out by Motormaster on the 2005 boards, which is uh, he didn't say, but if I know it's on the website, I was looking at it earlier, and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Okay. And, uh, what appears to be our last news story for this week, Target-exclusive Transformers are now on clearance. 
The Target exclusive end cap figures, which include the recolored RID build team figures, the Cybertron 2-packs, and the Beast 2-packs, are all on clearance for 11.88. The initial report came from Madison, Wisconsin, but the clearance price is popping up all over the country, so check your local Target if you want to nab these figures at a cheap price. Uh, just for everybody's view, I can confirm that that is the correct price. I bought uh, one of those exclusives this weekend, which I'll be talking about a little bit later. Uh, if you know, I'm happy that they're on clearance, but at the same time, it was a real pain to find them because they were on the end cap in the Barbie section. What? I kid you not. They were in the they were on the end cap between the Barbies and the Legos in the Target in uh White Marsh P- in White Marsh, Maryland. And how far was that from the Transformers section? 3 aisles. Wow. Yeah, I was like wait a minute. What's going on here? So, any other news stories strike your interest? Uh we could talk about the uh we could talk about the hearsay about a certain movie character, but we're gonna stick with the facts for right now. Um I listened to the IESB.com interview and I was pleasantly surprised. Uh DeSanto yeah. really seems like a, a die not a diehard fan. You could see he w- he wanted to say something, but at the same time he's like, No, I I can't say anything yet. If I recall correctly, DeSanto has a decent track record as far as comic book slash cartoon adaptations go. Yeah, he also said he has over 33,000 comic books. So, if that's true, that's pretty hardcore comic book collector right there. And he he is the producer for the X-Men movies? Or is he the director? He was the executive producer of the first two X-Men movies. It was Brian Singer that directed them. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, it was a really nice. Uh, the fact that he said that Peter Cullen and Frank Welker—they're going to at least give them a chance. That's really cool. I yeah. really enjoy that. I really am happy about that. I like that, and it kind of the fact that it's just a chance and not just giving them the role does actually yes. give confidence yes. to me for the movie because. It's not going to be slaving to the fanboys, but it is going to be giving them some opportunity to have some stuff that appreciate them. It's going for what's going to be best, but not forgetting that the fanboys have some decent stuff in what they actually are demanding. Absolutely. I, for a voice of, if they were going to choose anyone we've already seen, I would love if they could get the guy that did the Robots in Disguise Prime. I thought his Optimus Prime was really good. Yeah? You remember what his name was? I... Not off the top of my head. Uh, can you want to jump on? Uh, I'm on IMDb s- right now and I'm looking it up. So. Okay. Cool. Okay. Neil Kaplan. Neil Kaplan. I knew it began with an N. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That that begins with an N. That narrows it down. Yeah. So. Um, moving do on. Do you want to comment on that one rumor that's been floating around about Starscream in the movie? Sure. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, it broke the other day that there is possible sketch artwork for Starscream uh, in the movie coming out. 
which looks in both. very, very dissimilar to anything Transformery, basically. Yeah, it looks like something out of a sci-fi anime. Um, it really does, from just the sketches. Uh, this is not... This is in no way, shape, or form confirmed, ladies and gentlemen. It's, but there's also even a very decent chance that it's not even real sketch artwork, and it's just somebody trying to pull a trick over on a fan form. That's true. That's very true. Um, the best way to describe the robot mode is a cross between a gorilla and an F-22. That's the only way I can describe it. Uh, his arms are massive in both sketches. They hang... He's got what looks like kangaroo legs in both sketches. It 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 just is ugly. Very ugly. But, once again, this is all hearsay. We don't know. Even assuming that it is true, it's just initial production work and may or may not even have been a possibility, and if it is, and if in the infinitesimally slim chance it is real production artwork and it is what they're going with, it'll be refined and changed around a ton before it actually ends up getting used as a design. Sure as hell hope so. I mean, actually, it's probably not even that unsalvageable. Uh, A Transformers fan artist named Josh Burcham, who actually has done quite a bit of coloration work on pre-existing commercial Transformers comics like the Dreamwave and IDW ones, popped up in one of the threads on the Allspark that was discussing this and had a uh, reinterpretation of the design that, with a little bit of tweaking, looks relatively similar to Energon Starscream. Which, if it looked like Energon Starscream in the movie, I wouldn't have any complaints. Aside from either. the colossally large sword sticking out from under his wings when he tried to fly, but... No, I wouldn't either. My Actually, my only complaint would be we've seen that mold a couple of times already. Well, if they use the same toy mold, which I really hope they don't. I can't imagine they'd use the same toy mold, but if it was evocative of that, it's probably the... It is actually a really good mold, and I'm surprised they didn't do the whole thing where they hoard out for all the Seekers like they did last time around with... Or, like, every single time that we've had a Starscream mold in the past. That seems to be the one that they kept their hands off of, which surprises me, actually. I would have bought all the Seekers if they had been in that mold. I didn't bother touching all the Seekers in the Armada and the other Starscream molds, but if they had uh, done that, I would have bought that one. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's okay. a problem with the transparent parts and not being able to do that much with... Uh, Changing them over to non-transparent bits or something like that. Who knows? I remember the uh, Starscream colored Starscream version had a ton of paint on it, so... Oh, yeah, I I actually have that figure, and he's loaded with paint. Uh, He doesn't have a single transparent part on him, other than... Actually, no, the cockpit is solid. It's solid yellow. Hmm. That's odd. Anyway, I'm actually pretty happy I picked up the uh, original Ghost version. I think that actually looks pretty cool. It still looks like Starscream without being slavishly colored in his original G1 colors. Nice. All right, uh, let's go on to the next uh, news. Uh, More Iacon guests announced. I'm not going, so I don't care, although it's always cool to hear Scott (laughs) McNeil's doing something convention-related. I know he's always a blast. Well, if I remember correctly, uh, you we were talking about this last week, and I believe it was you that said, I'm really surprised Scott McNeil isn't going to be there. And That was about hey, BotCon, though. 
Oh, was that about BotCon? Yes, that, that was about BotCon. But, okay. But, uh, hey, I, Icon 1, you got Scott McNeil. Great. You yep. guys are going to have a lot of fun. Uh, he is a blast at the panels, from, like I always said, from, and from what I've heard, he's absolutely fantastic. I saw him at Otacon last year. He was hysterical. And he just, he, he was talking to one guy on the panel, and he just turned into Dinobot, and he said, and you are threatening my honor, <laughs> and then started talking normally again. It, it was, it was one, it was great. I really look forward to meeting him at some point. So do I. Uh, if we can all get to one of these cons and do a show from the con, that, that would be really awesome to have yep. him on. Indeed it would. So, uh, do we want to... you think we're done with the uh, topics? I mean, do you care at all about the comics and stuff? Actually, I, I love the comics. I'm oh, really cool. excited, but at the same time, it's like... It, no humans? Great. Wonderful. Fine. Um, we're getting a, another... We're getting another War Within type series, which I'm very much excited about. Uh, and it's going... Oh, go ahead. They're doing the War Within designs, but I don't think it's the same kind of continuity as War Within. No, no, it is not. It is a completely different continuity from the Dreamwave stuff. But The uh, what... preview page is actually, uh, which were also included with the free comic book day IDW Transformers comic, if anybody picked that up. I did. Yeah? Yep. It seems to be indicating that... Indicating, not indicating, that Cybertron managed to get Extremely, extremely destroyed. In the interview, Scott Furman said that this is what... Simon, he, not Scott. Simon, yes. Yeah. Scott McNeil, Simon Furman, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they're both staples of conventions. Uh, Simon Furman said in the interview that Cybertron is in bad, bad shape. Really, really bad shape. It's interesting. Uh, to see that kind of approach on something like that. Mm. I, I, It's very nice to see a reason for... If Cybertron is so screwed up and so destroyed, it makes sense why the Transformers are going from planet to planet to planet to planet. Yep. Getting up resources, because their home planet is pretty much screwed. Yep. The one thing that I think is unfortunate about this is that the fan reaction was so negative to having human characters that they felt that they had to jump to a Transformers-only series to try to build some confidence back. When really, I think the current IDW G1 ongoing is actually coming into its own and using the human characters really well as a foil for some of the Transformer characters. Yeah, it, absolutely. Um, I, I loved, in the original show, I loved Spike and Sparkplug. Uh, I actually like Sparkplug more than Spike because he was useful. He <laughs> could do things. He didn't suck. Exactly. Spike was like, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Oh, no. What are we going to do? Sparkplug was just kind of, um, okay, bad stuff. Okay, pick up a wrench. Let's get to work, people. Fair enough. I... Uh, I'm, on one hand, happy that there aren't humans. On the other hand, I'm kind of sad. If they're on Cybertron, okay, I can understand no humans. Humans at that at this point in time can't, don't have space travel. Yep. 
but if you're on Earth, you're going to have to deal with humans, and they're not annoying. They are not annoying. I don't think most of the fan base has seen the Japanese shows. You want to talk about annoying? There are more annoying children in the Japanese shows than anything else. Yeah, and it seems like we've gotten so many, even for the people who have seen the Japanese shows, it seems like we've gotten so many bad human characters that we're just wary of humans in general, even if they do end up being actually pretty entertaining characters and decent contributions to the mythos. Yes, exactly. Duke, uh, what do you think about Cybertron episodes being on Cartoon Network? If I'm ever bored, I might check them out. I watched the entire Galaxy Force series fan subs, though. I mean, yeah, same, they've added some here. cool cultural references, and I hear they may have made some changes to episode 51 or 52 or something like that, so I might want to check that out. But I can't actually see myself specifically going back and watching every episode, because I've already seen them once. Yeah, it. I'm glad that they're available for people to watch, but, you know, Cartoon Network, they do this with all of their shows. If it's not getting ratings right away, they yank it. And that's that's a shame. Yeah, they seem to... Even more than that, they seem to start yanking stuff with no rhyme or reason at this point. I'm still bitter that Justice League Unlimited got cancelled. It got cancelled, but they're doing Justice Legion. Legion. Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, Legion of Superheroes. Which is completely yeah. disparate. Yep. They're doing it as more of a Teen Titans-style thing than a DC Animated Universe-type thing, and which is also kind of weird, because they canceled Teen Titans, which was they still did? going really... Yeah, they completely canceled it. Why? I think they're doing a direct-to-video movie, but... Hell if I know. Like I said, completely arbitrary decisions that don't make sense. But I did hear their logic for canceling Justice League, or what a rumor was going around that their logic was, and it just made me seethe. Apparently one of the executives weighed in saying that they thought the animation style looked too dated. (laughs) Alright, so, you want to weigh in with your review now? Uh, sure. Uh, Now that we're back from our tangent... (laughs) Indeed. Tangent of bitterness, ahoy! (laughs) Yep. Um... Well, what I picked up this weekend was the Target exclusive of Overbite and Repugnus. And they did in co- indeed cost 11.88 and with a Maryland sales tax of 5% that came to 12.98 roughly. Hmm. I have to say there is one good figure and one okay fi- well let me give you the review and then I'll decide later. Uh, I'll start with the smaller one, the Repugnus. It's a repaint of the Beast Wars Fusor that was the Lizard and Mantis Fusor. Uh, Buzzsaw, I believe was his name. And I'm very pleased with this repaint. Uh, this is on, this is a case of where the repaint is actually much, much better than the original figure. The original figure was in greens and I think a little bit of red if I remember correctly. But this uh, this character has, or this toy has clear red, gold, uh, light blue, light green for the eyes, and I'm assuming this is canary yellow. 
he has the same exact colors as the G1 Repugnus with a few added for the bug form. Transformation is exactly the same. Uh, his beast form is a little bit stretching it for Fusor. It's a praying mantis with feet. Hmm. They just slapped a pair of lizard feet on a praying mantis. Great. That's it. <laughs> it's like... I, I just... I don't understand what slapping a pair of feet on a praying mantis gets you, but... This is it. Uh, transformation, there's no changes. You could still pop off the wings and pincers in robot form, and he gets a little weapon, and his tail becomes a shield. Other than that, he's a pretty good figure. It, he's great for a display figure in bug form, simply due to the vibrant colors. Uh, I really like the fact that he's so colorful, and... That's really nice. I really like this repaint. Uh, I wish Hasbro had done these colors instead of the original. I have the original, and I don't care for the colors too much, but these colors are really good. Now, moving on to the second figure in this, uh, Overbite, which is... I don't believe we've seen this incarnation of this figure. It's a Cyber Shark remold that was originally in Japan. His name was uh, Hellscream. Yep. And when I first took him out of the box, the shark form is really neat. He's got a very organic body, but his fins, his head, and his tail are all cybernetic parts. Uh, I'm not... I'm not even sure what to describe them as, but they're definitely machine parts. They're not organic in any way. I remember reading that his dorsal fin had been described as like a conning tower or something for a submarine. Kind of. Um, I can see it, but it looks more like a radar dish. Okay. Well, isn't that what a conning tower is? Like, that slapped on a, uh, thing? Eh, never mind. Well, the conning, ta- the conning tower in a sub has more than just the radar dish on it. It's got a uh, periscope and everything. Okay. This literally just looks like a fin with some machine parts and a and a square piece and a square flag attached to it. Okay. Uh, transformation. He's a shell former. That's all he is. Shell former. Um, I'm not a huge fan of shell formers, but. He does it well. My big complaint is that this is the type of figure, if you lose his accessories, his accessories are his tail and his head in shark form. So if you lose those, you're out pretty of toy. much... Yeah, you're out of a toy. Um, for that simple reason, I just... I'm not too thrilled with him. Uh, his middle... When he's in... When he's transformed, the shark head is in his chest and can come up and shoot off. Hmm. Cool. Actually, it's it it's cool, but it it's just like kibble central. He's kibble central. He he reminds me of a Beast Wars form of uh, Alternator's Prime. He's just got a lot of kibble on him, and I unfortunately am not a big fan of him. Uh, I really wanted to like him better. I have to give his uh, his beast mode an 8 out of 10. 
I have to give his robot mode a 5 out of 10. For Repugnance, I just give the whole figure a 7 out of 10. So, what would you give the set, then? I'd give the set a 6 out of 10. Uh, 5.5, 6 out of 10, simply because uh, you've got one repaint in here that's just awesome. He is fantastic looking. Even if the toy is a little weak on its own, the other figure, eh, it's not that great. Uh, the, I find it funny that the basic is better than the deluxe in this case, but i got to give the whole about a 6 out of 10. Okay. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 out of 10. Why the hell did I do that? <laughs> because we need sound effects. Ah. Okay. Oh, and uh, speaking of things we need, listeners, uh, the submissions we have this week for listener submissions are it. These are the last ones we've got. We need more. Please yes. send any questions you have, Transformers related, to tfwire at gmail.com. And also, we are in desperate need of more listener sound off segments. We don't even have one for this week. We really like doing this part, and we really like you guys being able to help make this a community show instead of just four idiots talking about Transformers. So, if you want to uh, send in any kind of thing, a review, a commentary, you imitating Dino... I don't know, whatever. Just send it in, and we, if we can use it, we probably will. So, anyway, and, listener and question do your time? best... Uh, well, for well, the listener sound off, do your best to keep it under three minutes, please. Yeah, we That's need it we under ask. three minutes. We can't... We don't have that much more time in each show. We kind of tend to run long as it is, because we're really talky. Yeah, like uh, like if you didn't notice with my review just a couple minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, and uh, if you don't know how to set up the recording or stuff like that, you can give us an email, and we might be able even to try to help you on it. Yep, we'll do what I well we'll do what we can to give you a hand. So, uh, listener questions then. All right, we'll start with the first one. This comes from Mark. Which toy out of your whole collection collections did you enjoy playing with the most as a child? That's an interesting question. There are some that I've always had a weird attachment. Uh, a lot of the G2 stuff has a special place in my heart. Rapido, Windbreaker, Afterburner. I think Afterburner may have even been my first Transformer ever. That one's got a special place in my heart. I actually remember sitting around taking them apart and putting them back together, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, that guy's been beat to hell and back. Well, I remember being... You know, it's it's kind of funny. I have all these memories of being a kid in the 80s, but I don't remember that one toy that I got that I always played with. But I have to say, one of my favorite ones was Blitzwing, simply because he had three different forms, and I got him for my sixth birthday. That was the only Transformer I got on that birthday that I can remember. And I remember playing with him like crazy, but... Each line for me has had like a specific certain figures that I've really, really liked. Okay. Question number two from General Penn. Is there any Transformer that you really look forward to getting only to be disappointed when you got it? <laughs> uh yes, General Penn. Yes there are. Uh do you wanna take you wanna go first, Awa? Uh sure. The alternator Corvette mold I just kind of found to be disappointing. That's probably the biggest one. It just sucked significantly more than I expected. Just wasn't uh, fun. I have to agree with you on that one. That 
I just couldn't, I, I was happy to get it, and then I got it, and it was just kind of bleh. Uh, my big one, uh, the top of my list, is I got a hold of the re-release of Star Convoy. I'd been trying to get this figure for years. I saw that it was coming out. I got a hold of it. I got it home. And it was the biggest disappointment I've had in a long time with some Transformers. It was just so disappointing. It the light and sound, the light and movements or if it had light, the movements weren't fun. It bulky and just didn't transform well it was not worth the money I paid for it I was really disappointed with it um, that is probably on the top of my list in recent memory it just it's sitting in my closet never to see the light of day again that is unfortunate but yeah considering I shelled out quite a bit for it you know what I found has actually kind of been a weird thing I've gotten a lot more pleasant surprises as far as Transformers go. <laughs> Ones that I found that I was expecting to be, yeah, it's kind of, ugh, but I've got, like, X dollars more that I can spend on this order to get it up to free shipping or something like that when I've been buying online. Oh, so I yeah, throw in a Transformer yeah. I'm not all that interested in, and I end up really liking them. Uh, for example, uh, Energon, Energon, Hotshot. Fun, despite all rational logic against it. I was the same way with Energon Hotshot. It was, I, I got him because I'm kind of a completist, and I was like, I don't know, he was the last one I opened out of the out of the initial run that I picked up, and he turned out to be my favorite in the ones that I got. He was, he was a lot of fun, even though he was just kind of very simple. I think it was that simplicity that made him so much yeah. fun. Objectively speaking, he's not that good of a toy, but he still has that intangible fun factor to him. Yes, yes. And Armor Hide for Energon, or not Energon, Cybertron. I wasn't sure about him. I picked him up anyway since he was just... I saw him as this little itty-bitty, like, redo huffer. And then I picked him up, I started playing with him, and I was like, oh my god, this is a great figure. Yep. He is really awesome. Uh, he's one of those ones that I keep going back to. Yep. It, just keep picking him up, keep fooling with him. He, yeah, that sounded dirty. Um, just keep playing with him, and he's a lot of fun. You think that sounded dirty? Just look at his gimmick. I know. Um, we'll be getting to bad <laughs> gimmicks on the fourth que- on the later question. Yeah. Question number three. Who is your favorite Dinobot from G1 and why? This question comes from Matt. Not me. Alright. The one that transforms into the dinosaur. Can I possibly slap you through the internet? (laughs) Uh, Sure. I really... No... I don't really care that much about the G1 Dinobots. Grimlock maybe just because his speech patterns are enjoyable to replicate and he gets so much love that there's enough fiction out there that he's kind of entertaining, but really, I don't care about the Dinobots. Uh, I actually was very much a fan of the Dinobots when I was a kid, and I have to say my favorite was Swoop, simply because, one, he could fly. He was one of the very few 
Autobots that could fly. And two, he was, besides Grimlock, he was shown in more episodes and had more lines. There was that whole episode in the G1 where he, Carly, and Spike went into the bowels of Cybertron. And it was one of the better, one of my favorite episodes. And you see Swoop actually, in a lot of the fan fiction, he's actually very, in, he's he's dumb, but he's also more intelligent than everybody else. Uh, I then, think you get what you mean on that, yeah. And then comes Grimlock, simply because he kicked Unicron's butt, literally. If I can sit here and analyze for just a moment why I think I don't really care about the Dinobots... Go right ahead. I burnt out on dinosaurs at about age three and picked up Transformers at about age five. So I just didn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> well, I, I was always a huge dinosaur fan, and I still am. I, you know, it's dinosaurs are just cool. They're big, they're hulking. But... That is a good question. Um, let's move on to the next one. You want to read that one? All right. This one comes from David. If you had a force chip for yourself, where would you insert it, and what special feature would it unlock? Oh, God! The pain! This is... Loaded question. Loaded question. <laughs> you want to go first? I don't particularly want to go. <laughs> All right. I, I, I thought about this, and I had an I have an answer. The force chip would enter into the pocket of whatever form of pantware I am wearing, and the ability would it would unlock would be the ability to generate unlimited amount of money in whatever denomination or currency I want. That would make life so much easier. <laughs> That's. Kind of cool. Uh, as far as me, I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, to kind of link in with another uh, piece of geek enjoyable stuff here, maybe have it spring into my arm and have claws pop out. And then have a giant metal guy throw me at a sentinel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just this giant metal guy appears out of nowhere and you get thrown. Yeah, basically. It, 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 you know, that's one way to cross traffic if you're in the middle of the city. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be the best part of it. <laughs> Force chip, ignition! Ching, ching, <laughs> Actually, that's really useful. <laughs> yep. Alright. Having successfully avoided anything that would be significantly horrifying in that answer, I think we're... Just about done with this week's episode, so... Uh, yep, uh, we're going to be finishing off with the episode. Coming up is Curus and his European TF News right after our sign-off. Indeed, I'm uh, looking forward to it. It's yep. like news, only European. With that, this is Spada signing off. And this is our 64 saying, see you in seven. I'm Curus, and this is the European News. Simon Furman appears in the UK. Legendary Transformers writer 
Simon Furman and artist Andrew Wildman will be appearing at the Bristol International Comics Expo next Saturday, the 13th of May. They will be signing copies of the Draw the World Together cover variant edition of Infiltration No. 4 and doing a Q&A panel. This news was first reported by TransformerToys.co.uk and more details about the Bristol International Comics Expo can be found on their website, comicexpo.co.uk. Auto Assembly pre-registration deadline set! Booking cut-off dates for AutoAssembly Target 2006 have been announced on the website. AutoAssembly.org.uk UK registrants have until the 27th of May to make their booking online. All you Johnny Foreigner chappies out there have until the 20th. AutoAssembly Target 2006 is now less than one month away, on the 3rd of June, 2006. Transformers defeated by the Power Rangers. Transformertoys.co.uk have posted the NPD Top 10 UK Toy Chart. Transformers are noticeably but unsurprisingly absent. Bandai dominate the chart, having the top two spaces with their Tamagotchi and Power Ranger lines. Hasbro only make one appearance in the entire chart, at number 9 with their Star Wars Revenge of the Sith toy line. This was the news on the 7th of May, 2006. (laughs)